Today's episode of the Bingers Assemble is brought to you by the Naughty Law Group. Look, when you're in a bang, we know what's going down. COVID's kicked back up. You got the Delta variant. People are acting up again. Someone might be trying to get one over on you. But luckily, we're sponsored by the man with the plan. That's our friend John Naughty over at the Naughty Law Group. Now, check this out. He has a history of getting his clients exactly what they're looking for. Well, we aren't talking about when you go to a law firm and then, you know, you go and you go to court. It's time for the little deposition, right? Maybe you got an arbiter and they're just salivating the fact because they see the name of the attorney on the docket, right? They look, they have a list of people that they know they can get a pushover on. John Naughty isn't even on that list. He strikes fear in them. So, no matter what your issue is, what your situation is, he will get you what you're looking for. You can say you want to go to court. You can say that you want to settle. Anything like that. He's going to get you the best results with a history of getting his clients exactly what they're looking for. Check them out. It's www.naughtylawgroup.com. And everyone, today on the Binger Assemble, we're going into some uh, newer territory. Look, I don't know. Y'all got, hey, everyone on here, Scott, Mike, y'all got HBO Max or what? Uh, yeah, I'd be using Scott's login. I'd be, I'd be using like a errant login also, right? So shout out to replace Netflix and the show that has been getting ladies excited and is getting all them people that like the true crime podcast. That's being redundant too because those are ladies too, right? <laughs> Here on the Bingers Assemble. What's up, everybody? It's your boy, Mikey P, and I'm out here with your favorite host, co-host, Chris Wiggins. Oh, we are back in the building. Mike, you know, you won't believe what happened, man. What happened? I was out there in the eastern part of the country, man, rural area. Only black person was a chief, like an 80s fucking cop movie, you know? <laughs> uh, just girls went missing and everything. Wasn't my fault, but just absolutely wild out there. Was it your fault? I'm oh, sure. Won't- Oh, it ain't my fault. Did I do that? <laughs> All right, everybody. And we got our favorite co-host, the Swiss Army Knife, Mr. Scott Bauer. <laughs> yes, finally. You actually represent my cult- cultural heritage accurately. Yes. Yeah, so Scott's fresh off of a 23andMe uh, with his Groupon discount. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the thing is about the Groupon is they got the deals. Yeah, so his, uh, his 23andMe... Came back uh, German, mm. Italian, Swiss. Uh, Japanese, British. Swiss. So all the people that weren't on America's side during uh, World War II uh, were, was on his thing. Uh, I, I like to claim neutrality and yeah. imperialism, warring at one another with my Japanese heritage in a yin and yang way. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Well, listen, everybody, we've got a special treat for you today. We, uh, we picked up a special show, um, and part of it was really out of suggestion by our one and only Scott. Yeah. Uh, and I think a lot of it just had to do because of the setting of this, of this TV show. Um, got a raise at work, and then he's like, all right, I want to sh- start doing shows that people have to pay extra to see. <laughs> uh, right. So he, he picked a show that takes place in a small town out in the woods, with a storyline that has a little bit of a family 
incest, so to speak. So it's only right that this is a Scott Bauer selection, but it's actually really good. And uh, if you don't know what I'm talking about, I'm talking about the highly rated Mayor of Easttown. So, for um, so those... Woke up this morning. Yep. Oh, wait, no. Although, I did think Kate Winslet was, like, gangster in this. Didn't you guys think? She did a yeah. really good job. She was dope. Yeah. Look, man, uh, Mike, I don't know what you were going to ask, because Scott started doing that <laughs> intro music and everything. Um, well, I was going to give a background. But okay, go for it. Then there was background music, and... I wasn't expecting it. Scott, um, what you drinking over there? Uh, apple juice. All right. He took he took his son's apple juice. <laughs> he said, "We don't waste food in this household." Yeah, sip cup and everything. <laughs> so for those who uh, those who aren't familiar, Mayor of Easttown is an American crime drama limited series created by screenwriter Brad Inglesby. Put together the show. Basically wrote the script and uh, got picked up by HBO. And um, ironically, Inglesby uh, wrote this about his background. He's from a small town in Pennsylvania. His dad was a basketball coach. Oh, um, oh. What? His dad, no, dad ain't no damn coach I ever heard of. <laughs> Guaranteed. I mean, My jumper's better than his. Debatable. But... Um, <laughs> Just to give you guys a little bit of a background about Brad Inglesby, uh, he's actually the screenwriter behind the movie The Way Back. Uh, the Ben Affleck? So, oh, so he yeah. just, oh, all right. No wonder he did the damn basketball movie. Like so Affleck, his dad was an alcoholic. Ben Affleck plays an alcoholic. It was a good movie. Dad, probably. Maybe. Or it was based on Bauer. But. Uh, either way. But So, uh, Mayor of Easttown was directed by Craig Zobel who um, has also directed other HBO shows like The Leftovers, and he's directed episodes of Westworld. Um, so they basically came together. They put together Mayor of Easttown, and they created this short series that ended up premiering on HBO on April 18th of 2021, and it concluded on May 30th of 2021. It's only seven episodes, but it has a really good cast. It stars Kate Winslet, who Wiggins already mentioned as the main character, Mayor, who uh, basically is a detective in the small town near Wigan's favorite sports city, Philadelphia. No, Philadelphia, such trash. You saw them damn Eagle fans on the show too. <laughs> no, I, like I saw I saw more Phillies fans in there, but you don't think Philly fans like the Eagles too? I mean, look, you know what they listen. You know what you know what uh you know where they spend Christmas over at uh in Philadelphia, right? Where? Yeah, called the check cash in advance place, all right? That Simpsons episode where he takes Bart, he's the Santa, he takes Bart to the dog track to win money, and they come back yeah. with Santa's little helper. Yep. He somehow still wins. Santa's yeah. little helper. Yeah, that's Pretty Philadelphia much. right there, all right? Yeah. Yeah, Bing, yeah Bingo Hall is the, the, the top sleeping property in that city. Well, I was going to say, if... Uh... If Brad Inglesby's dad was teaching Ben Simmons how to shoot free throws <laughs> in Philadelphia, then uh, we we already know what kind of coach he is. Absent yeah. father. Little step up from Doc Rivers. What kind, what's your coaching style? I, Absent I don't father. Think Doc Rivers. <laughs> huge fan. Huge fan of the. Huge fan of the East Town. I've seen it. 
The cops perform just like me. My dad was a cop. That's hilarious. All right, so back to the back to Mayor of Easttown. So Mayor, she grows up in this town, Easttown, and in typical small town fashion, she knows everyone, and everyone knows everyone. She's a single divorced mom whose ex husband just so happens to live next door to her. And if that doesn't seem weird already, a um, bunch of shit is going on in this town. The series basically unfolds by giving us kind of like a feel for the town as she's driving around and, you know, talking to people and just investigating what, uh, what ends up being a, a missing teenage girl. And um, we end up encountering, you know, a background story of this teenage mom and then she ends up getting murdered. And so that's how the storyline starts. Mary starts to investigate it. And um, we basically, you know, build up to see the problematic encounters, which lead the viewers with no choice but to start to draw conclusions about who did it. Because what better way to watch a murder mystery than to draw conclusions before you find out who's a killer? So, uh, Bingers, what did you guys think of this series? Well, look, uh, my thing, like... My big thing is this, uh, in watching it, you know, Scott was, uh, you know, Scott was, uh, graciously had discovered this and then pushed for us to see it. And, you know, I thank him for that. Um, look, I like, I liked it. You know, I, I rewatched it twice, uh, or sorry, watched it once, rewatched it again. Uh, I, I found it gripping. Uh, I found the dialogue interesting. I found sort of the dysfunction that, uh, you know, that befets the town, you know, I, I found that intriguing and it, it drew me in. And then like, I, I'll honestly say, I wasn't necessarily like concerned with Kate Winslet's stories and any of the sort of arcs that she had It was more so around the side characters and, uh, the realness of emotion that they found. Uh, if you guys, I don't know if you guys remember that movie, uh, in the bedroom, um, with like Tom Wilkinson and like Sissy Spacek and Marissa Tomei, uh, gave no, me that feel. Okay, well, it gave me a feel like that, right? Mike, you need to start watching movies. Uh, what do you call it? It gave me a feel like that where you see individuals, right, responding naturally the way that humans do, right, when they're in, like, shit situations, you know what I mean? Uh, in that, they, you know, they're they're aggressive, they're erratic, you know? Uh, they don't spend a bunch of time giving them the damn Dawson's Creek monologues on things, right? They just yeah. get into the action. Totally. I have a, I'm going to answer your question, Mike, with a question. Who is the best-selling author of oh. all time in the world? Oh, that boy, uh, the villain from Iron Man 3? <laughs> Miss I, I don't know Agatha Christie. Yes. Oh, what? Was it Guy Pierce? Miss Agatha Christie, uh, who is the ultimate whodunit author, right? And I think uh, what I think about the series is after like watching the whole thing and then being super into every single episode along the way like how gripping it was it was each a chapter of an agatha christie novel and basically this this is a literally a town in the midwest i mean if you're if you're a a, a listener of the show if you're a binger of the bingers um or if you're uh, chris and mike you know that i am from uh dayton ohio and literally, this town is every small town that's not close to a big town. Like, 
it's like there's there's a lot like these flyover countries made up of all of these small towns that are like townships. They're like like I imagine East Town being the city name of the county of East Town. Like <laughs> like like it is literally like that city. Yeah. So need needless to say needless to say Yes. I mean that's why you chose this show. Like, I oh, I mean, no, that's what that ripped me like, in, man. Like, like, in every way. The heroin epidemic. Like, no one uh, evolves past high school. Like, everything that happened in high school is, like, the rest of their lives. Uh, there's serial rapists and serial killers. There's, like, uh, one person who's the kind... It's like a one-horse town. Like, that's the whole... But it's it's so... It's the perfect setting. It is the Orient Express. In that way, right? Like it is, it is, it is like the perfect setting for all of this to happen because everybody throughout the entire show is like looking to Mare and saying, "Mare, I mean, you made that basketball shot, and then you didn't solve this big crime. What the fuck? Like, why are those two things connected?" But that's the whole. So she has credibility for making a basketball shot, which makes her not a good detective. But then she she loses credibility in the same town with the job that she's done. It's a it's so fantastic. That's a good point. Look at Bauer coming through with a <laughs> some nice little, some nice little dialogue followed by a sip a sip of apple juice. Um, Did your apple juice not man, it, like was it not in the apple. fridge before you had it? Okay. <laughs> like chili with peanut butter sandwiches, saying. not peanut butter jelly sandwiches. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. So I thought the show was very well done. And credit to Brad Inglesby for writing a great script. And credit for also writing a very relatable script because clearly uh, this got Bauer up in his feelings about the way that he grew up. Um, and I'm going to go on my Bauer tip and basically make a very biased comment. And I'm going to say that HBO makes the Yo. best murder mystery dramas. Hands they down. do. Do you Hands know that uh, Brad Inglesby's brother uh, is the basketball coach at Delaware? No. So, I mean, you're up okay. here sitting on his dad. So, uh, Brad Inglesby, uh, he, what do you call it? So, apparently, I guess he was able to get a uh, three-year deal with HBO because of the uh, success of the show. That's dope. Shout out to him. Yeah. Yeah. What would be the worst if you were Bradley Ingalls? Yeah, he also wrote uh, Out of the Furnace. And, like, not successful. Why is that? Brad Inglesby. I'm talking about Brad Inglesby. Well, Bradley Inglesby? <laughs> oh. Uh, hey, uh, Mike, you're right. right. I don't think I'm, my jump shot's better than his dad. His dad uh, played for the Hawks. The airplane and the spirit of St. Louis. Oh. Uh, no, there's an ABA team. ABA team, yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah, all right, yeah, they're they're a good family. All right, Scott, can you can you Merle and your unnamed older brother beat the Inglesby, the Inglesby as at a uh, three on three game? I'll tell you, uh, I went to East a, Town. Went to a, a small a town in the Caribbean. He was playing. He was playing against elementary kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, look, to, to piggyback off of what both of you have said uh, about the show, though, uh, look, 
Uh, look, you know, the the the, the twist. Like sometimes, like when there's twists and terms, it can become like hacky, you know. Um, and when there's sort of the uh, when they're sort of like setting you, like if a thing's like setting you up or whatever, uh, particularly in a whodunit, you know what I mean? Uh, when they're setting you up with that, it, it could start to seem like Clue, where it just gets all campy and everything like that. They found a way to really kind of sell the motivations on each person, right? And have subtle hints towards, 100%. oh, this person could have done it versus That's this person could not have done it without them yep. sort of being showy and, you know, they, they letting the action unfold itself. That's a good That's a good point because I, I feel like they did a really good job of, like, painting a picture of the victim at the beginning to basically establish, like, a foundation to this murder mystery. And they did a really good job of, like, just introducing us to the protagonist, Mayor, and really just bringing her character's flaws to the forefront for us, the audience. Because, essentially, like, that's kind of what, like, pulls everything together. It's, like, it's not just a murder mystery. It's, like, you have, like, these small-town folks that are also dealing with, like, you know, personal problems and, like, you know, all the other things in the background. And just the fact that they delivered everything in such a short time frame, like, to bring it all yep. together in seven episodes, that was perfect. Cause so many times they try to drag it out just to make more money, and mm-hmm. it's pointless. And so here you get everything. I love these comments of mystery, I think drama, this is, action. This, this is exactly point. how I viewed it and why I loved it. Like, there's this this idea that like authors, like good authors, when they first start writing things, they know the beginning and they know the end, and the journey is getting there. Right, and then um, when authors become great, they they know where they're at in their art, and they know what they want to write about, and the journey is completing the novel. And I think I, I said it earlier when I said the it's 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 not based on a real thing. This isn't a real case. Like, that's what I think is so brilliant about it. Like, it's not, it is a murder mystery, but it's a murder mystery genre entirely creatively written. Like, it's not a true story that they are making a docu-series about. So there was no ending to it. I honestly, I feel like the, the reason it's so good, and now we're going to get into this later, but the reason it's so good is because you, you think it could be someone different each time along the way. And I think as as Bradley Anglesby, Brad Anglesby, uh, Bradley Angles, was writing it and directing it, I feel like he ended it when he understood who it was that did it. Yeah. 100%. Do you think he put like a George Lucas and didn't know who did it until after he had already started writing? Or okay, that's a good point, and I I think that's really what just kind of drew everyone to the conclusion because, like you said, like they introduce you to so many possible suspects, and it's like every episode you're kind of yeah. changing your mind. And and I talked to a lot of people that even were convinced by like that was not who they thought that they knew <laughs> yeah. who the killer was, and. I know damn yep. well at the end, like, nobody, exactly. And I'm not even going to bring it up because I, I, I don't want to spoil anything yet. Like, I want to talk about this in a segment. So before we go further into it um, and before we start to dive into the series, I really just want to talk about the actors because Wiggins mentioned, you know, Kate Winslet 
and we, we talked a little bit about, you know, the writer Brad Inglesby, um, but I want to give credit to the actors as well. So who did you guys think Jason had Preston. the best standout performance from the series? <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Wiggins just fucking texted like, me okay. that uh, the Clippers picked many more Ohio information Scott or what? Bobcats, Jason Preston in the NBA draft. Come on, bro. Like, why did we just do it later? <laughs> Most people would have just waited to respond. <laughs> I'm sorry that your university finally presented someone with talent. <laughs> nah. So, in other words... Uh, I'm about to become that Lakers God. fan. Westbrook all day, baby. I ain't impressed by Jason Preston. Are you kidding me? <laughs> let's get... Uh, let, so, let's get, back to, let's get back to Pennsylvania talk, guys. Uh, look. I'm going right. to go with the... Yeah, we don't talk about Lakers on here. Uh, uh, Julianne... No. I'm, I went with Julianne Nicholson, who plays Lori, who plays... Uh, Mayor's best friend. Uh, look, on my second rewatch, I, I'm yeah. trying to figure this out. Number one, uh, they don't seem to have that many interactions to be best friends. Um, but look, uh, and she, I mean, Lori, uh, Ju- that, that being Julianne Nicholson's character, Lori, uh, look, she kind of comes in as she's sort of like your closer, right? She goes like full Robert Ori. Yeah. Uh, in the final two episodes, you start seeing her with more than one scene, and then uh, in the in the seventh episode, right, the, her story arc all comes together, and uh, sort of wrestling with uh, yeah. sort of what happens, you know. And uh, we're, if anyone's listening, right, we can do spoilers because it doesn't really matter, right? But you know, wrestling with the fact that you know, obviously, yeah, she has a falling out with Mayor due to the uh, the arrest of her little shitbag uh, spawns and the people that she chooses to have in her life. Uh, and, you know, it doesn't get arrested, right? But sort of the scenes, you know, you got to, like, break it down in the car and wrestling with what uh, what yeah. has be- befallen her very tragic, trashy family. In a very real family, way, though. What I, I mean, uh, I get it scene why you're trashy. It's a it's Completely. Fair. And, like, no, I, and I, I really do think that. But, no, I agree. But what I think is so believable about it is that yeah. even yeah. though it's the, trashy. The definition of trashy. No, that's, that that's a good point. That is your son. Like, at what point, here's a question, and this is a philosophical question for everybody. I know I'm the only one with a kid here so far, but, like, just even trying to imagine it, and I've, and I've gone through this exercise before, I don't know if it was in college or whatever, but, like, at what point, um, <laughs> Dave Chappelle aside, it was a goddamn wild driver. At what point do you actually sort of believe that your own child is capable of, performing evil that they need to face the consequences of as an adult like when they're three (laughs) immediately (laughs) okay macaulay calkin was evil when he was three other than that son you ever heard no stewie griffin I mean, if you got raised by Richard Gere, who was more more interested in gerbils up his anus than raising you, I mean, you Stewie Griffin. Up too, but... Wait, you guys don't think that's no, interesting to talk about? Point. Like uh, the, the like a human child that is yours. Role. At but what point? The, the int- do you?
Okay, yeah, that's fair. We can, well, it's just we, can we can't skip relate. That. We that's can all. That. But we, I think that's so what's so amazing about her don't character. Don't get too that's far what's so into real this um, to go into like another segment. I, I, I will. Well, yeah, look, I agree. And look, listen, you know, at uh, you got to imagine like the Night Stalker's mom. Listen, Mike and I grew up like I'm gonna actually see that part, right? Uh, but Mike, like Mike's, what do you call it? Mike and I grew up in some garbage neighborhoods. Like I grew up in this really shitty uh, city called Oceanside, uh, where the people are pretty similar to East, uh, Mayor of East. <laughs> no, okay, I'm kidding. I don't want to be shitting on them. But look, we grew up with uh, individuals that were, and particularly myself, that were into some dastardly things. Um, it wouldn't be uncommon for you to have a friend who got shot, and he happened to be in a gang. And then the mom would just start capping and lying and crying all over the damn news. Oh, he's a good kid. He wouldn't do any of these things. I'm like, well, there's a lot of good kids where that this doesn't happen to, right? But it does happen to him and some of his friends, right? Um, and or he's friends with he goes and openly talks about being friends with someone who killed somebody else or whatever. You know what I mean? Um, and then he got killed himself. Mom, like moms and yep. parents, right? There is a level of. You see this every yeah. day. I saw this a lot growing up where, you know, all right, oh, they mean, would lie on the real, stand for their kid. You know what I mean? Or human, find a way to get another kid to fucking a, take the that's fall. That's a weakness. You know? That's a – but it's also a strength. It's very hard. I mean, you say that now. Yeah, I'd let my kid fall. I don't give a damn. I mean, that's that, that's a good point. Right? I love some freedom, baby. I feel like a parent's love is always going to look at their child in, in the best way possible, you know? And oh, no, it can be if, bad and evil. That they're doing bad things. For that. And like selfish love. Things, there is a selfish love. Turn a blind eye. 100%. And, 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 you know. Um, like, yes, Mike, to your point, I think that is, like, kind of the best part about it. But there is a selfish love, and that's kind of what Chris is talking about, where, like, you, you know. You know. Like, you know. But you're like, no. Yeah. But you're like, nah. Nah. Fuck it. Like, that's a, that's every other kid out here, too. Every other kid's doing this you know, shit, you too. Know. You know what I mean? Like, that's how, I mean, that's a lot of, that's a lot of people. Like, every, Mike, you know, they're, every other kid is marching with a tiki torch. Same blooded. <laughs> no, that's closer to Mayor of Easttown than what you guys are talking about at Oceanside. <laughs> oh, man. Bad, bad analogy. Yeah, yeah, I mean that, that's 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 a good point. Well, what I was gonna mention about Julianne Nicholson is that, um, like Wiggins, you're right. Like she completely like, stole that scene, mm-hmm. but she's quietly killed roles, like over the last couple of years. I don't know if you guys saw The Outsider, another HBO series based on a Stephen King book. Really good. Um, and she also just really dropped down into her emotions. You know, she she played uh, Jason Bateman's um, wife, and he gets accused of you know killing these kids. So I feel like she got put in a similar situation. And so like I don't want to say she already had that practice prior to being in this show, but you know like looking at like the the sorrow and like the emotion okay. on her face, like, okay. I was like, wait a minute, I've seen this before, and then. You know, I remember like, oh shit, yeah, she was in a similar position on on The Outsider, and mm-hmm. yeah, but um, um, anyway, we were just talking about Laurie Metcalf, too far into right? This. Bauer, who uh, who did you have as your 
standout performer. <laughs> no. Laurie Metcalf's uh, the, the sister Jackie from Roseanne. But I, I thought she kind uh, of liked the character's the derivative name? of her, too. It looks just Oh. Like <laughs> Um, okay, so my standout performer, besides, I said Kate this guy. I mean, she is, she is Queen, Queen Kate. I mean, just, just, I mean, I don't know. Is there a more underratedly beautiful, artistic, creative, smart woman than Kate Winslet? No, all of those things. I mean, I found her, like, so if underratedly beautiful, this, then you're not really attractive at the same time. I don't know, whatever. Um, I guess it's just because she's a real woman from the Midwest. I don't know, whatever it is. Anyway, I also thought, besides her, because that's too easy, she deserves an Emmy. I hope she wins it. But uh, who I also really, really loved, and, 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 uh, and honestly, if Kate Winslet does not win for this, I hope James, Jean Smart wins for Best Supporting. The mom, yes. The old lady? Yeah. Oh, yeah. She was great. Yeah. She was she, really the level of, uh, I don't want to say senile, you know, I want to be fair or whatever, but the level of the sass, you know, the not really doing a good job as a grandma, you know, just kind of there, not really doing I, I a good job as a great grandma either, so wasting that opportunity and, just about, you know, but, vibing but with the, the mom, right? And like, you know, and like even like the, the exchange, huh? No, it's doubling. It's doubling, but mirroring at the same time, right? Like they're they're both play against Mare. They're okay, playing. Okay, so not the like doppelganger. Essentially, good. No, okay. not necessarily. Mirroring could be like mockery. You know, doubling and mirroring are the exact same thing, right? Okay, sir. Okay, look, it never. It, okay. Nevertheless, uh, really quickly, uh, let me finish this point though. Uh, I'm, I'm glad you, uh, I'm glad Wiggins didn't take the bait. <laughs> <laughs> Look, uh, like the, the even like oh, the exchange God. when the when, the, you, when the daughter the same statement. When we get into really so you're gonna get into uh, when the daughter, uh, the, sorry, the younger, the younger daughter, daughter. right, um, <laughs> who came out of nowhere. What's up? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Uh, who we were we discussing? So uh, the one the, like when the uh, the grandma Gene Smart gets hit or whatever, and then you know you got Kate Winslet rushing home and she's like, "Jesus, Perfect. what happened?" Right? Yeah. And then Perfect. she goes up to her. Yeah. Oh, that's it. And I then she goes, "Yes, that's it. I'm sorry that I'm not more injured." Kate that whole back and forth between them, right? Like so realistic. I, yeah, I love I her. Think right? Gene Just Smart fucking stand out. Killed it. East Ham. I, I, like in real life. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I don't know where she's from, but I think she's from there. Yeah. <laughs> Plot twist: She's from she's from Seattle. Uh, Seattle, yeah. She went to University of Washington Acting School. If uh, she played, uh, if you have, if y'all remember, I Scott, I uh, given some of the statements you make on the show. I know you didn't watch this one, <laughs> but uh, she was uh, I know she was on uh, Designing <laughs> Women back when I was younger. <laughs> well, you had a less than favorable opinion of it. He's old enough to remember designing women. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's watched that in college, yo. 
I used to watch that with my mom. I I will say Jean Smart is a really good actress. And I know this has nothing to do with Mary of Easttown, but she just dropped a new uh, a new show on HBO called ha- uh, Hacks. Oh, it's, we um, watching that. It, it's really fucking good. I picked it up. I, I I blew through it almost in one sitting. Wasn't she on what's it called? Uh, what's that one black ass show? Uh, Watchmen. Not too bad to look Watchmen. at. Yeah, really yeah, she's on that. I think. Yeah, shout out to Jean Smart. <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, really, she's killing it. Yeah. No, she definitely. I had um. At seventy. The good gills. You know, double G's are a lot like double D's. Into the older women. (laughs) 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 So I had um. Yes. I had Evan Peters as uh, as my standout performance. He he played Detective Colin Zabel. He delivered a great performance. He showed us his character. Quicksilver. With all his flaws and more. Like his face was his first flaw. You did it. <laughs> He's a really good actor. That's Quicksilver, bro. No, I didn't say that. He wasn't. He yeah. comes in. He comes in as. Oh a, yeah. Oh wow. I didn't even put that. Yeah, I just thought he was a creepy. I thought he was a creepy kid from fucking American Horror Story. Yeah. Now he is a creepy kid from American Horror Story. Mind you, when he plays the the, the Trump supporting uh, politician, he absolutely killed that role. Like ridiculous. Wait, he was on more than one uh, American Horror Story yeah, season. He's, he's done a few. Oh, word. Okay. But um, yeah, he plays like uh, the one that really just like brought him out was um he plays like a trump supporting uh and politician wait, slash cult wait leader i gotta interrupt really kills quick. It. you're but, missing um, one anyway, really good performance he, that you know Evan he Peters gets introduced in the show comes in as like this that got a lot of notoriety seemed like in basically the uh-huh. same year no that was way before that's a surprise it, i mean he built on the same character of x-men but he was in uh, wandavision x-men Fantastic. X-Men? You already talked about that. Yeah. Like, good good agent. Oh, Whoever right. his agent is, shout out to Evan Peters' agent with that face. <laughs> so shout out to, shout out to Evan Peters. <laughs> oh, killing the Marvel Universe. Facts. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! All right, so he he comes in. He gets, he gets introduced as like this highly esteemed detective and solved like this big murder mystery. And they bring him in because everyone's putting pressure on Mare and like they feel like she's not doing a good job of like investigating. And you know we don't know how to feel about him at the beginning. Like Mare is very like standoffish with them. She feels like he's gonna take her job. And then he's really trying to like you know just build a relationship with her. He opens up. And we just witness a lot of strong dialogue scenes with him between him and Mayor, yeah. where he just like opens up about his past, and it really just kind of puts forth like the audience's emotions for his character as well as Mayor's because she starts to open up as well, um, and so like we really get like a better understanding of like who they both are, and 
I mean, I don't want to dig too deep into it because, again, I don't want to spoil anything. Um, what about, do you like, mean? What, what Anyone up... that's listening has already watched it. Right, but, I mean, either way. Yeah. So, all in all, I think he was phenomenal, and I don't think I'm alone in the stance because he's recently been nominated for an Emmy Award for his performance in the show. Um, they actually nominated him, they nominated him for a Best Movie slash Limited Supporting Actor, and um, from what I was reading last night, apparently I mean, he's the odds... Category. He's the odds favorite to win uh, win this award. So, man, where'd again. you go? Gold Derby or what? Yeah. Uh, oh, all right. Look, listen. I gotta. So I'm gonna piggyback off of what Mike said. Look, I, I like. I thought he did a solid job. Um, if you think about the little rapey character he played in the very first uh, American Horror Story or what have you, and then to me not realizing that he's uh, what do you call it? Like he wasn't goofy or charismatic in this. You know. Um, and I, I thought he did a good job, and like he found myself rooting for the character, which didn't really go too well. Um, sort of like when I vote. Um, but yeah, like yeah, I I was drawn I was drawn to him. I thought he did a solid job. One thing I one nitpick I have is that how old is his Wait, character supposed to be? Danny Glover because is they bring him in like he's some hot shot. shot or whatever. Like he's supposed to be the Danny Glover or Did something like Danny that. Glover but then the he's Danny Glover is a hot shot. Danny Glover lethal weapon. <laughs> yeah, he's kind of like not commanding, a bit inept. Like he's definitely the Mel Gibson. What's up? He's definitely the. Well, Mel no, I didn't like say that. No, but like they brought him in, like he's supposed to be the like. Oh, this person's a Mel loose Gibson cannon, and now we got this other expert here that knows how to kill it. Knows how to opposite characters what's up he is not a mel gibson like he Scott. has the same haircut but he's not handsome so he's like the opposite <laughs> no but i mean like it that is a good point because mm-hmm. and i don't know if it's because he looks very young but he comes in as his hot shot, and it's like, all right, is he like this he's young star? He's thirsty as fuck. Like, but if he was also, that like, accomplished, he would not be that mayor, And I'm like, is she like way older than him? You know what I mean? Like, it, it, it's... He was obviously Trixie and false Confusing. from the very beginning. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Mm. With the... <laughs> I wouldn't necessarily call him thirsty. He goes, shit, I made I, up this. I think well, he was just so, I mean, yeah. For like I, you were probably talking about the spoilers that we're not going to get to. And so we'll talk about it later. The, uh, <laughs> I think that's a good one, though. And he deserves the Emmy. Yeah, we'll see what happens. All right. Oh, hell yeah. Stone Cold Appearance. Look, let me take this one, all right? I'm going to go with my main man, all right? And this is <laughs> Patrick Murney coming through in the clutch as Kenny McMenamin played Aaron's dad. She was a girl that uh, was brutally assaulted and then murdered in the first episode. Look, they questioned him. He said it, he said what everybody was thinking. It's that little <laughs> piece of fucking shit, dipshit, Dylan. All right, now look. 
Where I'm from, people Wait, love villains. He didn't villains. comb Fictional his hair with a drama part. series. All right, the it's called 90210. Right, skull but he thought what we all thought when we looked at that like... little nasty fucking slime ball, fucking grease hair, fucking yeah. low, fucking future fucking ditch digger Dylan. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Like that. Like that guy Dylan had every bit of New Jersey in him, right? In whatever part of the fucking <laughs> oh, country man. they're from. Um, look, this guy Kenny gets straight to the point, right? Like, if your daughter or child were to be uh, brutally maimed, all right, and you know that she had gallivanted and recreated with like a fucking human cold shower, like Dylan, right? You would say, "Hey, cop." I know that it's him. Go get him. And then when the cop's like showing reluctance and wants to go through a sham of an investigation, right? You're going to do like he did, right? No foreshadowing, right? This reminds me of like the very end of the first episode of The sh of the sh of, uh, the Shield, right? Where you go, oh, we're going to have a cat and mouse series or whatever. Then Vin Vi uh, Vic Mackey shoots the other cop, right? Kenny pulls this out, right? Just immediately. Uh, I think, what is it, episode two where he shoots him or whatever? Takes him in the van. You think that, oh, well, this whole episode is going to be about him being kidnapped and this might go over to season three. No. Gets in the van, lets him know, drive, then he fucking caps him, and then somehow that fucking bastard Dylan fucking survives, unlike Ricky from fucking Boys in the Hood, right? And then Kenny, like, you know, he feels, he realizes, you see the grief, he's realizing that, hey, my this doesn't bring my daughter back, right? And he goes and admits to what he's doing. Uh, real, once again, hitting on the real life beats, right? Like, Kenny's not a bad guy, you know? He's just been thrust in a world where he has a deal with, like, fucking... <laughs> just this absolute, just piece of a fucking used yeah. fucking Brillo pad that you use to get, like, fucking Wait, bad lasagna that's been, like, caked up overnight or whatever, right? You got a human version no, of that, and you got your daughter you. pregnant, and then your daughter fucking dies. What is the and most then he's dating, like, a piece of fucking bag. shit... <laughs> Jezebel, Brianna, <laughs> you got right? to the joke before He's I realizing it. all this, right? And those I was gonna say, what's the most popular color? Human bunions white. get to survive. <laughs> and I was gonna say, no, not white, Dylan. <laughs> Dylan, hefty, 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 hundred percent. Dylan is the most white trash hero of the white trash heroes ever. Like. Oh, okay, oh nice. God. Yeah. No, oh, wow. He basically, <laughs> he was like the white Look, trash I love guy it. who has like two, two smaller friends <laughs> that are like bullies, but like he's just a Neanderthal. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> but like that kind of bully, Yeah, you know where they I mean? bring that guy up it's from. It's just like, like amazing. But this that... <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, oh, bro. I just love how Wiggins was talking about him with the same resentment that he speaks of uh, with Eagles fans. Like, well, he yeah, he is an Eagles fan. He's like the type right? of kid right. like, that the look hardest at, look conversation fucking, look his, at him, his mom his ever fucking, had with him when he was uh, like, thirteen. Look at his hair, right? And like, it's grungy and <laughs> like fucking deep pits in his eyes and fucking a little fucking pre-Columbine. That's basketball. the hardest conversation she ever just, had with like, everything about. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I mean. That's the yeah, hardest conversation yeah. his mom ever had. Yeah. What's his last name? Hinchy or something like that? Yeah, Hinchy. Like, how did the, his parents, they look like decent enough folks, except they clearly did a shitty job. <laughs> uh, 
look. All right, yeah, like the dad, like the dad looks like he's only like five years older than <laughs> Dylan, right? And then you know, yeah, like I mean, he should have known he was wearing a fucking flannel overcoat and everything, right? Uh, but look, <laughs> it's just like, the guy was just garbage, right? Like he after he gets shot, he doesn't even learn a fucking lesson, yeah. right? He's like not humbled, doesn't like dude, go the get way a you're job. Not looking at it, that's you know, just like a Thursday stop fucking for smoking, Dylan, like, fucking dude. Shit weed. <laughs> Right, doesn't change his little fucking shirt that he wears three days in a row. Right, he does that every Thursday, bro. <laughs> like, Nothing. Right. He had a pretty dope Bronco. So did OJ Simpson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fucking garbage. Yeah, fucking scud. A- a- like, HBO fucking... over here just use. Yeah, he was yeah, so good. Yeah, you can that kid see that was guy's so good. Apple, like, man. Fucking such a. Well, anyway, so no, the the actor was, was like that's a stone cold appearance. We all hated him. Well, it was. Like, yeah, Kenny McKinnon did all of us what we all wanted to do. The moment we saw Dylan, he shot the worst person on the show. <laughs> Brother Muzo, uh, uh, McMinniman, or oh. Well, my stone cold appearance. No, my stone cold appearance is the guy that shot his ass. Yo, all right. Well. That's what you're supposed to do. You come in, you give a little Stone Cold Stunner and get rid of the garbage, right? <laughs> I mean, I liked Kenny McMenamin. Uh, obviously, like this is no relation to him exacting revenge and, and whatnot, but, you know, I couldn't... What, help you don't like when people uh, do revenge? When I'm, they no, kill- I'm saying, like, oh, yeah. as far as, like, his character, like, oh, okay. with the background story, like, his wife had died, so, like, essentially, Aaron was the only thing that he had going yeah. for him, you know, and so, like, losing both your wife and now your daughter who are, like, holding down your household. You could already tell he was, like, emotionally unstable from the beginning because when mm-hmm. Mary goes to tell him, you know, she brings along his two cousins to also, like, be there to deliver the news, you know, and just the way that mm-hmm. he reacts where he's like, don't fucking touch me, don't get close to me, like, you could tell he's, like, he's definitely off the rails, you know, mm-hmm. and so you feel for him, and I think that kind of builds up to, like, now his exact intentions to you know uh get retaliation on on dylan because i feel like everyone including myself felt that he was suspect number one and so you know obviously him taking law and the matter into his own hands he did what he had to do but like i couldn't help but feel bad for him and seeing him now be in jail and like you know the guilt kind of caught up to him and he just wanted to redeem himself and 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 admit to what he did like because he did not deny it whatsoever like he was flat out yep i did it and that's that so what i like about that dude really quick was like also i got a question right no we'll leave it i'll I'll, I'll save it he would definitely know widow um well and then it would be like what else (laughs) shout out to his animal (laughs) scott (laughs) then it'd be like what else it'd be like it'd be like dress style (laughs) and he'd put fishing (laughs) <laughs> like that's what that dude dressed like. Like it was like, like he'd always been, or he was about to go fishing. Like that was that was. And if that's your dad, like that's cool. But I get why she's kind of off the rails, and why she would go for that other douchebag. No, she burned his macaroni and cheese in the microwave, and he got mad. Like the first scene he met him, it was crazy. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah. Did, did he help take care of the baby at all? Uh. <laughs> yeah. Like. <laughs> good God, man! That's your dad, and you have a. All right, good point. You don't have a mom anymore, and you have a kid. Damn it! Fuck! She had the worst life ever. We can only afford that easy back for the month. So my standout appearance, Stone Cold appearance. Fucking. Guy Pierce. But every appearance, yeah, no. he was a stone yeah. cold killer, dude. Like, he was just like, he's like, hey, it's cool. You're fine. Mm, I like how you fucked me. Okay. Like, <laughs> was he in it the that whole That was like thing? every episode. He was until the end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. Like, he was awesome, dude. <laughs> He was very smooth, like. Yo, you know, here's here here's here's something I appreciate about Guy Pierce, uh, and in this role as the that writer or whatever, uh, he knows how to. Uh, mm. I, don't, I don't know what it is, but it, he knows how to uh, effectuate sort of. Uh, not I don't oh, uh, remorse is probably yeah. the wrong term, but I found myself uh, uh, finding a sincerity to him, right? Um, and a and, and I don't want to say like in a feel sorry kind of way, right? Um, but uh, it gets me to sympathize with him a lot. Uh, him as an actor, um, like one one thing I always tell people, they and like you know I talked about Iron Man three, and I go you know. My the thing that one of the things that only only thing that's resonated with me in those movies I fucking hate Iron Man I hate Robert Downey Jr. is uh, we know the scene where uh, he's waiting up he he comes up to Tony Stark and he's like hey um, I have this great plan or whatever right I uh, love to tell you about it and then he's waiting for him uh, on the roof at midnight right and Tony Stark doesn't bother to show up right and then it just shows him uh, sitting there looking lonely right it, 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 dejected. You know, forgotten, right? And uh, secondarily to partying, right? And he he's he's able uh, to show that, mm. right, through through his acting in that movie, right? And then in this one, you know, where it's going, where he's trying to explain the the situation around how all those people came up to him and how he didn't think she would come, right? Wow. And like uh, he he's able to portray a level of sincerity, right? And uh, I, I hesitate to call it like "woe is me" or anything. Uh, but he portrays that like so right. well, uh, and particularly within this, you know, in sort of his uh, attempt to attempts to chase and woo, you know, and to so, so like you know you get like they're done fucking and she wants it to be one time, right? And he's like it doesn't have to be, you know. And you get the sense that he's not running like a game or anything, really. I mean, I I, I think he was into her like genuinely, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, her presence, you know, and and the way that she played, you know, her <laughs> right. cards. Right, but if you're in this small town, like let's guy, let's flip the role, like let's flip the gender. Yeah. Let's say he's, guy. I he. Mean, no, this is my point. Writer, this is why it's great town. writing. He's also teaching because it's universal, no matter what like, the role is. Like if if the, that, the detective there was a man detective, he Guy Pierce would have been like the hottest, cutest, like 
university girl, oh. teacher girl, like that hot piece of ass that he was getting on the side. And you were like, and he's got this whole other life where he's like dad and like a sheriff and like a thing, right? Like I thought it was actually like a pretty dope. Um, mm. Well, yeah, definitely, but not even that. I think for people mm. who who understand, that's also what women mm. are looking for. That's not a subversion. I think it's just a, a quality that Guy Pierce played well. But then for people who don't yeah. get it, I think what is so powerful about his character is that subversion. <clears throat> well, no, I'm not saying don't get it. Sorry, that's a bad way of saying it. But like in in, in the sense that. Um, he's so hot and he's wooing her as the best or whatever, right? Some people would see yeah. that as her slumming. And I think that, you know what I mean? Like the, the, each way played so well. It was just like a very genuine thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. I uh, really thought Bauer was going to say something problematic, and uh, I'm surprised because you actually made a good point. Mm-hmm. I think that um, you know we kind of saw like that that reversal, like you mentioned, like they hook up and then. He says, you know, he makes that comment. Yeah, dude. You know, this doesn't have to be a one-time thing. And she basically makes it seem like, no, this was just like a straight-up, like, booty call, you know? And um, mm-hmm. I feel like that kind of, like, turns the tables a little bit to say that, like, women no. also can. Like, <clears throat> how about how about a mutually useful you know? relationship? But they're not the ones that are being used. Like, she <laughs> like, can be the one that's using something. They're both uh, getting lots of positive things night, about you know? it. And that and, and that should be every use, relationship, and, and, and no matter what, like, like the vocabulary like, of it. How about discard? <laughs> no, no, because it's not like, <laughs> right, okay. it's, you know, it's... Exactly, yeah. So used. Exactly. Yeah. Damn, look at Bauer yeah. over here just dropping gems, man. Yeah. Who who is yeah, Mike, this? Mike, who, who, the, who the heck is Mike, this guy? Mike, your LVP of this episode. <laughs> so, um, my Stone Cold appearance, I had uh, Sosie Bacon, who just so happens to be Kevin Bacon's daughter. She played Carrie Layden, the formal former girlfriend and um, also baby yep. mother of Mare's. Which is son, why she's so great. She's smart. Oh yeah. And we um yeah. You know. We don't get introduced yep. to his character immediately. Like we see little snippets and like a build up yeah. because we see the little the little boy and we assume that that's her youngest son and it turns out that's her grandson and so. Um, yeah, Kate, I was confused by that at the beginning. Yeah. But you know, Mare actually has custody of um, of the little boy, and uh, we get introduced to Sosie's character because she comes back to East Town to visit him while she's finishing up her um, her drug program. Yeah. And so. We then learn that she's, um, you know, she's sober and she's getting her life together and she's going to go after custody of him. And so it turns into a whole ordeal. But the reason why I chose her is because um, she does such a great job of playing a mother who's battling addiction issues and just trying to live a straight life and get her shit together. And I feel like that resonates so much for me because 
like Bauer mentioned at the beginning of the segment, you know, small towns where people are having, you know, heroin addictions or in our modern age, opiate addictions, it's such a common theme. And I feel like everyone can relate to it because everyone most likely knows someone that's battling some sort of addiction issue. And a lot of us know people that are battling those issues and trying to get their life together. And, you know, they keep hitting these speed bumps. And so to see everything that she goes through and even the way that Mary was trying to set her up, because I feel like in a lot of cases, people that are trying to get their life together, the system kind of holds them back. And then things just draw them to relapse. And, you know, everyone starts to look at them as failures. But in reality, it's it's the way that life kind of like plays against them and then just their own like ability to lose self, lose self-control and just fall back into it. And so I feel like we get, um, we get a sense of all of that with her character in a nutshell. And, um, and I just think like my favorite scene with her was just, you know, so let's the do the same exercise. Um, no, exactly. Says, yeah, this is a really important point. The, the mother Again, who's very powerful in... because I just feel like you 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 see that emotion and and you can relate to you know. No, I said this is a really so important. many people in America face. So let's switch to the genders. A drug addicted mother uh, gets oh, the patience <laughs> of working through her issues to become a good mother. A drug addicted I, father. Well, but hold on, wait, what a second. So he says here, no, right? and then you say that's my point, <laughs> right? Oh God. <laughs> no, I'm just it's not even a Facebook or anything. This is my point. No one talks about that. Scott, you uh you be going on those men's rights exactly. Facebook posts, don't you? Exactly. <laughs> Thank you, man. Look, uh, uh, Scott. Scott feels I, like he's got to represent all of the uh, the single fathers out there. I I, I appreciate your uh, yeah your enthusiasm there, Scott. Look, I I I thought she did a great job. One the point scene for me is sort of the flashback that they show. I didn't know where the fuck they came from or who the hell the other guy was with her, right? <laughs> and then on my second, or I mean, I put it together. Eventually, then on the second Jeez, watch, I was like, oh, they still didn't really make this that clear, right? But like when. He's like throwing like the the son is up there trying to yeah. get money or whatever, right? And he's attacking Mare, and then she's just right there, just roll around in the dirt. And you see so. how <laughs> fucked up and how very Philadelphia that they are, you know? Oh man! Um, and it, mm. you know, and I was like, yeah, right. The and then you know, knowing that she's from she's Kevin Bacon's daughter, who's from Philadelphia, I go, okay, it didn't really take much acting, just tied into your dad's homeland. Yeah, he just say she she doubted she channeled her her dad's homeland right for this oh. uh, for this role you know. Uh, My look, I I thought she did an amazing job in. No, yeah, I'm so saying she did, like, an amazing I, I job also kind of want to talk about why this category is so great, and I don't yeah, know if our audience her. knows this um, enough. So we're gonna exactly. go to the next segment. Chris Williams hey, was that? brilliant for coming up with this idea. I agree. I agree. So, I want the audience who did, to know who, that. Who too. did you spot? Yeah, go first, Scott. Who? <laughs> oh, I mean, the, okay. the best part is well, like it makes you up, look beyond um, performance, but beyond like <laughs> it's like it's like such right? the like uh, Yo, what's up, homie? Move of the whole like 
I was there and I saw that dude. Why do you really? I saw that one guy over there, and we and we knew what we were doing, and then we were going on to the next thing. <laughs> Neil, motherfucking Huff. Mm, yeah. The creepy ass deacon. That was creepier than the guy who oh, yeah. was. Scott, no, so no, no, lead no, it no, off that, for us. That's my point. That's an interesting way to put it. He was the creepier one. Oh. Like, Wait, the guy, like, this, I loved how, <laughs> like, they they made so many, like, relatable and, oh, things can Wait, happen. Wait, the one who got his ass whooped or no? But, like, that's just people. Oh. That was like everybody. Wait, huh? I mean, even the okay. White all right, fresh, gotcha. Okay, uh, all right, yes, okay. Daddy that we talked about had like uh one or two redeeming quality episodes about him or whatever, right? But like the uh, the only thing that got like no representation about being positive for society at all was like the Catholic Church. <laughs> And I love that so much. It's like one of my favorite parts about the show. <laughs> so I literally watched him. I had no idea who he was, but I was like, hey, was that? And I imagined him just disappearing. And it made City me happy. Philadelphia. Oh. <laughs> no, no, in this one. I wanted to say, hey, was that as he disappeared? Mm, mm, and be like, yeah, what look, was his uh, name? Wait, oh. what, what was... what? Because I hated him so much. Well, what was he in? Well, like, what Neil else was he in that made you say, hey, was that? Okay. Yeah. Uh, life in Fuck Neil Huff? I don't know. Yeah, I remember him from... Uh, <laughs> he played a... Uh, what do you call it? If you guys, uh, so speaking of Catholic Church, Scott, yes, okay. you were on to something, but I don't know how you didn't come up with this. Um, you know what Catholic Church movie he was in? No. No, I hated Neil Huff. Okay. Uh, well, okay. So, well, yeah, he was in, what do you call it? He was in Spotlight. Okay. So yeah, yeah. So I yeah. I thought maybe that's where you were gonna be going with it. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, he's the worst. <laughs> okay. I, uh, oh, okay. I mean, good yeah. for him. That seems like. So he played uh, he played child site. abuse victim. Uh, what do you call? It? I think his name was Phil <laughs> something Italian in uh, Spotlight or whatever. <laughs> and you still hate. <laughs> Well, he's like an advocate to strengthen uh, child sex yeah. abuse laws, you know? <laughs> oh, okay, all right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Basically, Bauer, right. Bauer thinks Bauer thinks he he would be the culprit behind uh, uh, smuggling people in through Wayfair uh, furniture. So look, I, I, I look, Scott. I, I, I want to addressing the Neil Huff playing the uh, Hastings or whatever his name was. Um, the I think that there's a dichotomy like between sort of if you remember the quote from uh, Spotlight, right, where he goes, "Hey, when you're a poor kid from a poor family, religion counts for a lot, and when a priest pays a lot of attention to you, it's a big deal." Um, 
and to think like to go from that sort of statement, right, to sort of playing in this role, you know, I, I find it interesting, you know. But he has a powerful statement that he delivers as well, because after he gets cleared, you know, mm-hmm. and and they openly admit that he didn't have anything to do with the murder, because you know he gets locked up for it. Yeah, Are you guys and, trying and to explain that, why you know, it's totally fine to be white and gets beat up by those kids when he's getting that takeout food? Like Wait, no, I thought that was the other guy that that had that where they thought that he had a history of it. Yeah, are we not talking about him? No, we're talking about the uh, guy that like the guy that you in see in Grand Theft Auto. Oh, in the no, house, Maris, I guess. Yeah. the real Neil Huff is, but I'm saying the character in Grand Theft Auto is all the things that I'm talking. <laughs> well, the, well, we let you on the show, so I don't see what the issue is, man. Okay, sorry, I. I yeah, no, the, the, the other, other yeah, the other yeah. guy. I think that was I forgot his Manhattan's delicious. I'm gonna make one right now. Well, I know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think he's a senior pastor, I guess, uh, or whatever. Yeah, uh, he's. I just remember he was Mary's cousin, and he's the. Oh, he was. You're right. Yeah, he was. Yeah, what's, that's why he's always at their house. What's his favorite? No, he, he loves uh, Manhattan's. Right, that's his favorite drink okay, of choice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, the the other one. Is yeah the the other one uh, I forgot his name but he's the one that gets jumped by those guys. Uh, mm. We're gonna get into the, I think we're getting into this a little bit. I'll, I'll talk I'll save that part for later. Um. Okay, so who was your hey was that? Uh, I went with the what's her name the therapist. Uh, it, she is what do you call it? Uh, what do you call it? Issa Davis. I don't know what her name as therapist is, but she Maybe. played I Heather mean, Dunbar's this campaign like manager in House of Cards, on um, who didn't do a good job of like letting her know that when the president gets shot, that she probably shouldn't it's mention anything reality. about that, right or shouldn't attack him while he's recovering in the hospital during debates. Um, she was on like, I think six or seven episodes of that. And so when I saw her here, they I go, oh, it. I already know she's going to do a bad job. <laughs> Was she actually a therapist, yeah. or was she just her physician? Those, um, those therapy scenes were good. I forgot about that, actually. Yeah. Because it, it really brought more to Mare's character, because she's so reserved and such a hard-ass. And we you know, see that uh, at the beginning of her sessions, and then towards the end, she finally like starts to open up. And, wait, and wait, then, wait, 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 so, you know, uh, also, <laughs> I didn't use her in House of Cards because she w- didn't have a big enough role um, when we did the show. She was also in another show that we that yes! we on the on, uh, on <laughs> Avengers Assemble. She played Bubbles. So good. So she only knows how to play a sister of a heroin addict. All right. <laughs> she also played another person on a show that we've covered on the Avengers Assembles. She played Bubbles' sister on The Wire. Oh, shit. I know. I know. I'm kidding. Yo. Well, I don't think that there, mm. she, they mentioned her family background on this. No. <laughs> yeah. And there was a sister of a heroin addict. Um, but she's mm. not the therapist. Yeah. All right, uh, so all right, I Mike, had, who you um, got? I had David Fenman as Mare's ex-husband and baby daddy, Frank Sheehan. Mm. Um, 
he at one point became a murder suspect in this case because he was uh, apparently the math teacher for Aaron McMenamin. And, um, you know, the whole time I'm sitting here going, like, he leveled up four times. He leveled up four times. And then I looked him up and I found out he was Pam's fiance, Roy, from the office. And might I say, going from a warehouse worker. So here's the thing. If David Denman had the hairline that Evan Peters had or... If Evan Peters had the <laughs> like, face yeah. of David Denman, that would be a really handsome exactly. person. But right. like, that's not yeah, the case. you are right. So they're uh, like both kind yeah, of almost cra- handsome. Yeah, crazy like, ass. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to. Oh, David Denman. Den. <laughs> Wait, Scott. Denman. Scott knows him from another movie. What? All right, Scott knows him from a movie about a former Ohio State quarterback. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, no, it's it's Denman. It's De- I think. Right, look, whatever yeah. his last yeah. name is, right? Yeah. I know he was in this, so. So young. Think about Wait, it, Scott. What him? movie had a yes. Ohio State quarterback? Oh my god, that that's not very good, You're but right. you seem to Holy overhype. Shit. Yes, remember he played the uh, the tight end with, with the uh, with Keanu Reeves. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's uh, yeah, he's like he's de- he plays the deaf tight end, I believe. We're all we're all in agreement though if we put it yeah that's him David Denman's face that's crazy uh, on t- <laughs> yeah that's <laughs> where I remembered him from yeah. and I was like huh. I was like like yeah I didn't I didn't know oh, about the office thing or whatever agreement. right but I, I was like, we I was like this is definitely because I, I was just like I was waiting for him to like do something like put his hand near his ear we or are, we were putting David Denman's rapidly. face on Evan or, Peters' face or we're putting Evan Peters' hair on David Denman's face. That's your take and, and your take. What one's most handsome? Well, I didn't, what, how the hell is that my take? So wait, what do we what do we want to do? We want to put his face category, on there? Guy Pierce. Which one's more handsome? <laughs> yeah. Okay, we want <laughs> David Denman with all options the second to Guy Pierce, no matter what. And so, why are we doing on. this? <laughs> I agree. Okay. Uh, yeah. we're, we're moving on. Um, so now... Uh, I think Denman's... Den- 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 Denman's... Oh, about... Kai Pierce. Denman's second. <laughs> Denman's second, at least. On to the next. Denman on the office is way more handsome than uh, Evan Peters ever was. So... So who done it? Obviously, this was a murder mystery. And obviously, we drew our own conclusions as we were watching the show. Listen, let's cut the chase. As the chase. plot unfolded, right. who did you guys think the killer was before we? Dylan <laughs> Absolutely, man. Look, the moment I saw him, I go, "This piece of fucking garbage." That's why he got shot because he did it. All right. Look, I don't want to sound like uh, Fred Jones or accusing Red Herring. All right, I am not. I'm still not convinced. All right, <laughs> Dylan cannot be trusted. Yeah. 
I think he's killed people in other movies that HBO was going to do, all right? <laughs> Just fucking, well, we, yeah. we know they love to recycle Torturously. Yeah, all right, fucking shitbag fucking overcoat fucking having fucking shop at the Salvation Army jacket fucking wielding with a fucking rusty fucking knife and everything and like a fucking bent screwdriver. That guy's a fucking trash. Just fucking can't be trusted. Like, looks like fucking adult Sid from Toy Story, man. <laughs> That's funny because I... I had suspected him as well. Like, I know for a... I know it would have been way too convenient for him to be the killer, but he was such an asshole at the beginning of the series. She's fucking touching my... That's when she said, pictures suck my dick. Like, yeah, dude. And then just with, like, the scene in the forest, like, where he's also, like, just harassing Aaron as she's getting her ass beat, like... Yeah. You know, you automatically just, like, despise the guy. And so, just, you know. I'm gonna, I'm just yeah. gonna wax over the fact and he was just being shady that throughout you guys the whole, didn't like, even get what like, I was saying series. with the Evan you Peters, know, like, David you, Denham, you Guy Pearce thing. Out, these like, are, him doing something like these that. These are all the women that married, all the men that Mare dated. These were her love lives. These, just, this yeah, was a slime. significant Power. part of the story. What did you think it was? Who she was. Yeah, right. That's her love life. Yeah. And then he got shot in the face. <laughs> okay. What is okay, what is yeah. going on? No, no, no. The real date they had, the real date they had was going to the crime place. And then that she date was one date ended with up Evan that Peters? he got shot in the face. <laughs> and then it's a bad date early? for Evan Peters. Yeah, but that 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 date <laughs> That date was technically like her kind of trying to sneak exactly. in, like uh, that's an my opportunity point. That to, was like, a real date. Dig, like pick his yep. brain for information. Thrice. Yeah. Right. So anyway, okay. Beyond that, what were we talking about? Guy Pierce is the best that she had ever. <laughs> Next category. <laughs> Which was fucked up because like he introduced her to his mom and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even went, even went to get coffee for her. <laughs> Wiggins is like, this is why no one meets my mom. <laughs> oh, who do we think killed? Oh, 100% Katie Bailey. So, did you suspect them as being the killer? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, what so would be the more perfect color cover? Then being wait, oh, wait, hold on. Mom, we'll put this. maybe going through chemotherapy or not, Katie we Bailey. don't really, we can't tell, I think we assume. What better yeah. way of making money than kidnapping teenage girls and selling wait, them to the friend? Okay. sex arena? And then no, what he better put, cover no, he put the ink. would be to have your own girl secretly not done that, but become the first victim who did that? And then work together with her to then form actually that. I, I don't think anyone thought that. <laughs> you might you might be the only one. <laughs> Not really <laughs> in my plan that I described. So listen, um, towards the end of this series, 
We start to see like our list of suspects get narrowed down. No, 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 no. She was I in on it the whole think time. Power is the only one that suspected Katie Bailey, but um, if no, no, Katie Bailey. Wait, the whole time. Wait, is Katie? Isn't Katie Bailey the victim? No. Uh, well, yeah, Katie. Kate, yeah, you're right. She's the one that um, got kidnapped by that. Dude. So he he's you mean he he's the only one that she found out mom. because nobody would have suspected Katie Bailey because she's dead. The girl who or, was well, like not a prostitute dead. that she knew. Not because, dead, but yeah, okay. Uh, she again, was she was like dude, great, like, uh, like actual good detective, and she knew the lady who knew all the girls nah, that was a super who were like addicted like, to drugs who would like prostitute. I thought in some yeah, way, oh, we found who did it. The whole time, you know, this other guy, yeah, yeah, and. Exactly. The van, exactly. Yes. Yes! So good. It's the best way to. You're mm. the least suspected. Right, it always starts with the description of the van, least. and then they started running. But that, no, no, that, that was I suspect Katie Bailey. Scenes, but I'll leave that for later. Um, so, oh, she did, yeah. but I'm saying the least we, uh, one that you should narrow down on our suspect is the one you for whatever suspect. reason suspects Katie Bailey. And then Agatha Christie novel. So um, who would you less but, you know, suspect like... more than the girl who was kidnapped? <laughs> you never. Well, no, it's Katie <laughs> Bailey's mom that he suspected, though. But like, oh, and you said the angry mom helped. <sighs> He's not innocent. He just wasn't guilty of this. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's a good point. But I mean, even with like the big suspects that we mm -hmm. got introduced to, like the, the deacon eventually gets crossed off the list. Dylan Hinchy yeah. and his, you know, his girlfriend Brianna Del Rosso get eliminated, and then not by me. We really start to like, right, right, right. But like, they start to really focus at the end on like Aaron's uncles, John and Billy Ross specifically. Like that was where the fingers were pointed, and everyone started focusing on them. And the evidence really starts to point at like Billy Ross as a killer due to like the dialogue between you know. John Ross and their father, as he, you know, starts to tell him that he woke up in the middle of the night and he sees him covered in blood and he knows that to go back to sleep fishing. and he's washing his clothes. And so, like, <laughs> as as Mayor starts to narrow it down to them, we see that John convinces Billy to turn himself in and then we're all convinced, like, Billy's a killer. And then, to top it all off, in typical uh, small-town fashion, John convinces him to wait another day and let's just go fishing in the woods as, like, our last supper type deal before he goes to jail. <laughs> and um, as more evidence unfolds due to Aaron's friend Katie Bailey revealing that uh, John Ross was Aaron's real baby daddy, as well as some dialogue between Mayor and Lori Ross, who's John's wife, uh, we then turn our suspicions towards John Ross because we find out that there was a... Definitely some incest going on in here, and he got his niece pregnant. And, um, you know, as she's ready to expose him as her baby daddy before she was murdered, it's very convenient that he's the killer. So as all this unfolds, mm -hmm. and he's at the fishing spot with his brother, Mary's racing out there to try to confront and arrest him, and John Ross basically pulls out a revolver and tries to kill his brother, his own brother, to keep him quiet. 
Dylan. That confrontation, we end up seeing Mayor arrest John Ross, and we go into episode seven thinking the murder's been solved. John Ross is the killer. And this is just going to be the last episode to just kind of like give the closure. Yep. And we were all wrong. Completely fucking yeah. wrong. And we see that. Dylan. <laughs> we see that uh, it wasn't really John Ross, it was Ryan Ross. Seven. His son. Really like what? 14? A plot twist. That was the absolute biggest plot twist. Was that where she showed her boobs? Like, I've probably seen in a long time. And so, <laughs> just looking at that, talking about the series, learning who the real story was. What was the best episode for you guys? Five. I'm going to go with seven as well. Okay, look, for me, uh, I thought five, I found it to be the most emotionally gripping for me. I'm a little bit more nuanced and... Uh, Slap to the face. <laughs> no, uh, I don't like think that happened. Uh, his mom. No, five. I think five. Think five, think, remembers. five is. Uh, wait, 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 wait. Five is the one that. Uh, what do you call it? Is the one where Zavol dies, right? Right. So that one. Look, because of that, they don't really do enough to memorialize him. By the way, um, but yeah, him dying in that like unexpected fucking headshot. All right, just out of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah, uh, so that happens, and then also that's where the uh, then this is what I was gonna say earlier. That's where the one deacon gets jumped, right? And for me, right? Um, look, for uh, I, I, I'm not necessarily gonna get into yeah. anything about the deacon, right? But like they they labeled they branded the man right as like a uh, as a child as a child abuser, right? Want him gone. Um, you know, it's not, like, the citizen's job to give them due process or whatever, right? But when you're going to harm somebody. And, like, the fear that he's showing, like, trying to get in his car, he's ignoring them, not saying anything back, like, not acknowledging what you're always told to do when you're little, right? Just move on, right? He's trying to do that, dropping things. And then he's like, I don't know what he had in his the uh, briefcase or whatever that he dropped. Like, he dropped some files or whatever. Worried more about that or whatever, right, than getting out of there when he's clearly going to get his ass whooped, right? And then he gets jumped, and then he goes back later, and he's, like, bloodied open. And I don't forgot who it was. Uh, the guy's talking about what happened, and he's, like, playing coy. He doesn't want to, like, dime anyone out. Uh, that that whole, like, th- that – and then that leads into, like, I think th- a few scenes later is when uh, the Zavol di- – or, sorry, what's his name? Evan Peters dies. Um, that whole part for me I found emotional. Um, you know, Mike knows I'm not a crier or anything like that. Uh, that part, you know, I felt so bad for him. Just, he's got a scarlet letter right. on him already, and then I, now he's going to get harmed I, for it. You're um, making a really solid and, argument. And the carryover, and like, I think that the carryover I, like from episode four to that episode five, right? Where four, you found out be, that the girls are still alive um, and everything like that, right? And then you get the gripping you scene of them discovering uh, where Bailey and the other girl are. The missing right, girl, right? I, I thought, that and you, were I, you know, I think I've right? rewatched that episode and about three like times. Happened. We are now living in an age where, like, the preacher's the suspect. I think that's a positive thing. Like, it sounds horrible. But I wanted to, based on that, because I think we, we think similarly... I would have asked you like about this episode. How how did you think his treatment 
and his reaction was with with that background. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Not about this. About having guilt. Uh, so like, do you think that his react? Do I think that his reaction was an indication of guilt? Is what you're saying, or no? I mean, if someone. She's suspected okay. the brother. Uh, look, it, I see where you're going with like this, right? I think that there is some validity to that. Uh, for me, I think it. that it's more so, um, and I don't know, and I'm, I'm drawing a blank on how we've re- they've resolved things with him as a person, right? Or if, you know, any of the things that he was implement, or sorry, yeah. implicated in, if those actually, like, actually, if it came to light that that actually occurred. Um, but what do you call it? Mm-hmm. But I mean, okay, yeah. I, I think a lot of it also had to do with the way that HBO set it she up. Call me like, from her phone because they do such a good job of <laughs> like giving you these little snippets of like almost like foreshadowing. So like, I think it was episode one where you know they pull her phone records and they pull that she basically yeah. had called him before she got killed, and so they go and they talk to him and he just seemed real shady about it. You know, he's just like. Oh, she called me because, you know, she used to come here um, for, like, the, the youth service. And, and even and even um, Mary's cousin, who's, like, you know, the head of the church, like, brings it up that she died. And he he reacts, but he doesn't react in the way that you would, like, expect it to be, you know? like And so they kind of, like, give you, like, that suspicion. And then, obviously, then, like, the next episode, we see him dumping her bike in the river. And so then at that point, it's almost like, oh, yeah, he, he's the one. He did it. And obviously, like, all too convenient with, you know, the background of, like, what's happened in, in reality with, you know, individuals in the church, like, and the relationships with children that uh, also participate um, as members of the church. And so, like, you start to create this bias and then all to just find out at the end that, like, he was innocent and he really did have, yeah. like, a, a good relationship with her. That yeah, because she sees him. What she sees him before she gets killed, right? Right. right. She calls. She's like, she calls yeah. him for help, and and he goes and he picks her up, and then she asks him to drop her off at that park. And I think Wait, that's why, like, didn't along you guys with realize that I also felt bad for, for what him because he did you see that he, he really is punished. innocent, and like the fear when he's gonna get jumped, and like just him being in jail, and like also the fear of him being incarcerated, and like knowing what might happen to him, and. He never and even got at punished. the end, when he that's gets released, he and took he that beating you know, because he knew still he goes it. and delivers his sermon. That's and, what kind of won me. Is that powerful message to the people? Like it, it, it just shows the quality of his character. You know. Mm-mm. Okay, so you guys have seen, um, and that's what he, that's what I was going to bring up right? as well like, because or you know, or brings it up. I mean, I, I feel like this but they exactly. never mention anything Like I feel like this is just like in every day. Like okay, right. This is what I was saying earlier when I asked Chris the question. Like, but do if, we know what? No, okay. What? If but do you we are know, in a like, small town and this happens, was only accused. The preacher is now a suspect, left, or he and it was should be over something that because of real life. There's shit. no clarification. So my point is, yeah. he never got punished, or like maybe he didn't do it. 
And it is like... Go ahead. Yes. The movie I just referenced, yes. Hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Mm. Well, here, but here's an alternative theories, really quickly, Scott and Mike. Um, we know that he he says if it's unusual for us to be called, uh, for me to be called late at night when that happens, I answer. Mm-hmm. Um, then he mentions sometimes uh, he's counseled people and they've been uh, they've been alone, right? Uh, and then he had, I guess he had mentioned, I don't know if they had mentioned that he knows her from their youth group or something like that. Right. Mm. But perhaps whatever church he had been transferred from, I don't know what they say or whatever. Right. Perhaps there was, perhaps there was those parishes were guilty of something themselves. And that all came to light that, that, that members of that clergy, um, or those parishes rather, um, had been accused and actually convicted of something, and then him being the one innocent person in there um, has to get ha, like if they're going to start a new, they the have to get him out like of there, one right? Million and if we and like, like let's say that you add in the fact that <laughs> that's the only uh, person he's alive who could not be able to forge friendships with all the younger church uh, goers, right? Is the and people that think that that is describe. inappropriate or whatever, right? Uh, and the church, the church is already marred by investigation. You're not keeping him around, and that's why he's uh, that. Maybe that's why he's shipped without there being any type of punishment. Thank you. Uh, that was Wiggins delivering a very political response. Well, it's, yeah, it's a, a very political yeah. response, and I have to take my hat off to you. All atheists. Well, it's like this. No it's, we, we, have, we have no, like, our, our main, what do you call it, is that, uh, that he's a decent guy. And in, in, a, in, a, in a vile and twisted world, right, um, the, the guy's going to be beleaguered because he's unwavering in his faith. I'm not a not a religious guy. I don't give one rat's. I don't couldn't give any rat's ass about church. Oh or anything, wow! You know. All right. Um, but we have a guy that's yeah. actually living. No, oh, well, I never said I was atheist. I just said I don't care about church. You know. Uh, you know, and it, it, but it's like uh, the, w- he's beleaguered mm-hmm. by. But what if Greece what is the, the word overwrought? But powerful and corrupt institution that admit that sort of um, is seen as the way that faith is administered in this 20th, 21st century world. Mm. Um, he is associated with part of that. The only way that he can speak the word and give the word to people, help people, right, and sort of forge the relationship mm. that people have between uh, themselves and faith, right, is uh, he's legitimized by what's up. Mm-hmm. That's fine. But, like, the only way he has to be a part of the institution in order for him to be able to spread the gospel, essentially. Um, that, but when that institution mm-hmm. becomes corrupt, right, then does it become, hey, all those, like, those black guys that are known to steal, right? It's not Every black not guy an steals, indication right? Um, and it becomes, hey, like it's not is, an he, a part, is he a part of the corruption, <laughs> like, right? Or is he a part of the better parts of the faith, you know? 
And it, honestly, it seems like it's a guy that's caught up. It's caught up in that. Now, look, odd that you'd have a what do you call it? That you'd have mm. a relationship or a friendship with people younger than you is the whole Michael Jackson thing, right? And not to cast any aspersions and say that that's an indication of his guilt, right? Um, it is odd. However, in a world where, well, I know, but in a world Good where, Good point. I know it's not. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not saying it is right. But like in a world where young people say, "Hey, I want adults to hear me," right? I want them to not talk. Uh, I want them to not talk at me or talk past me, but to talk to me, right? Sure. We have a guy that's doing Good it right, point. and then um, he has a scarlet letter me. on him, right? The scarlet letter in, is number one, the institution, right, in the history of the <laughs> institution, right? That's now rightfully coming uh, to pass and coming to light and everything, right? And then the own allegations that are lobbied against him, right? He's reconciling that, you know? Uh, we have no reason to believe, right, in terms of how they presented him on the show that any of those allegations would that those allegations were founded. Wiggins, Wiggins, you definitely hit it on the head there, and I'm going to piggyback off of what you said um, because, for me, the best moment was also... <laughs> he's innocent. Uh, the best moment for me was also um, that last episode, and... I wasn't going to mention this, but you bringing it up, um, it really just now stood out to me that the last scene where he does go back to the church and delivers mm -hmm. that sermon, and, and you mentioned faith, and he talks about faith, and I feel like, ironically, we see every character and suspect now in this church mm -hmm. all congregating together and being brought together in this mm -hmm. moment of, there. what's that? I don't know why Dylan was there. Right, and that's what I was going to mention. Like, you even see Dylan and his family, and so it's it's like this moment of closure, and right. I feel like that was a very good way of just ending the episode because so many times we see good series, and the endings are always kind of hit or miss, and I feel yeah, like this one really, really caught it to a point where, like, <laughs> you can walk away from it and really just feel like you got everything that you wanted from it. You know who the killer it was? It doesn't. You have to for the relationships of the other characters. I just actually you really also, liked it, but um, I, I just you know, felt like it grew to get to know something. and, like, you know, build relationships. To try to, like, act like I didn't like it. It was just a solid foundation. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know if Bauer maybe has anything to add or if. What? <laughs> 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 the hell? I know. It's called the variant. <laughs> Ooh. Mm. That man Bauer is going to get killed. The usage, man. We don't use that word anymore, sir. I used to, but I'm not Italian anymore, so I don't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah, totally. I'm so dark. So who do we wish nothing but the worst to? Look, I got a very surprising choice. I have an Let amazing mustache. Since you already killed them throughout this entire All put segment. Yeah. Oh, no. This guy's a, ro this uh, guy's a Roman god. Okay, do I have a lot of affinity for the Italian <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Convincing. 
you gotta you gotta put me in the third movie. You gotta put me in Why? the third movie. <laughs> we didn't even take you into the I second I movie. I'm too, Scott. <laughs> I will say this: you 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 do tan, bro. You do Strong. tan. The last time I saw you, I was strong like, character. Yeah, Obviously not. No, you look more like uh, Pintaglioni. Or Clemenza. Clemenza. No, yeah, you're cl- yeah, you're like da 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 I will make up. I will make up excuses for a lot of Italians. All right, even when they do a uh, bad job as my lender. All right. Um, however, when this guy is, first of all, hey, 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 um, please, could you not arrest my daughter here? I got patrons here. Right, going full fucking Franklin from fucking uh, money talks or whatever. So like, can you put put some of this shit away? All right, you're gonna get me caught. Going full on that, acting as if those pieces of human garbage. That infests that part of the, let's be honest, Philadelphia. All right. Those kind of people, right? Every single person that entered that damn bar, they were used to the fact of seeing, of having a family member arrested directly in front of them. All right. And in public. He's going to act like it's rare or whatever. Now, I know some people might go, oh, this is his daughter and everything like that. Right. He could have looked at his damn daughter. All right. And tell that she was going to be a future criminal. All right. She looked like a convict. Then he gonna go and accost the damn uh, what do you call it? Accost mayor, right? Sitting there following around, buying milk uh, next to her, right? And they gonna throw it in her damn house and everything, right? Using that old fucking his white trash privilege. I don't like him at all. I mean, he did. You know what? He did apologize at the end. I don't care. <laughs> that guy was slime. All right, just scum. All right, just like a sewage. He's look. He's a grifter. <laughs> She, I All feel right. like she he's leaved grifter, for he's loud. the way his her life was going life. right before that strip club was terrible. And then she owned a right. strip club. That's I don't know why they, they don't two people went and wasted time recreating and everything, right? They're just wasting time <laughs> uh, produce, producing that little fucking future fucking uh, <laughs> fucking str- shitty low, cl- low, low class lunch at a strip club daughter yeah. that they have, right? It's a good one. She's going to own a shitty strip club. That people go to for lunch, right? And she's gonna wonder why them like those haggard, like one-legged ladies that she employs or whatever, while they're only able to bring five dollars while she's sitting there in stewards over eviction notices because she can't pay rent for. A what an ableist capitalist! We can't even actually yeah, call folks. women <laughs> shit women. We have to call them ableist capitalists. We can't even call them what they want to choose to be by as a negative. Oh, it's happening already. Right, yeah, the dad probably sold that little fucking oh, we shitty. The they probably have like car- they bad. probably have cannoli with nothing but fucking mud in them. So right? what you're saying is she's gonna end up owning the strip club from Ozark. Yeah, like she's gonna yeah. be in the next season of Ozark. And- now she's gonna lease. She's gonna lease one pole, right, where all the one-legged chicks get to go to. <laughs> well, yeah, she's gonna have like all the kin- all the kinkle girls are gonna be uh, at yes. her pole. And she could be like, look, she could be like, damn it. Wait, when did that happen? 
So, I, uh, I incorrectly, I'm going to do something that Bauer never does and admit I was wrong. Um, I incorrectly stated that Katie Bailey was, um, was a friend Dude, of Aaron McMenamin. That, that guy, they paid that guy $50. They, that total. Her uncle was her Like, they literally um, said, are you, can you Jeff be Riley. extra? Riley just like, uh, can so, I, can I use an that iPhone up. to tape um, your life? Now, um, is wishing nothing and then, but the worst. And then, like, maybe we'll do something. I'm going to keep this short because I feel like this dude's already and been failed like, throughout this entire cool, segment. Um, like, I chose Dylan Hinchy, rightfully so. That guy's vile. Because he was he was a straight-up asshole. And, I mean, I guess credit to the actor, right? He definitely played his character well. Like, he was super unlikable. And I kind of feel bad for the dude because I feel like if... HBO does recycle him as an actor and puts him in a different series. I think you guys are forgetting like, he went to uh, Oregon to University and... in the Cascades. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, yeah, I could say that. Yeah, what, uh, what, what, like what, what Cal State or UC school does that guy like Dylan go to? Uh, UC like Merced. Farming leads. <laughs> no, he ain't getting like no, no damn UC. What are you doing? <laughs> Merced is like way... It's the Cal State of humble. the UC. Oh, that's really what I was talking well, about. <laughs> I was going to say Cal State East Bay. Cal State East Bay. Damn. Yeah, he's the kind of guy that goes like California University of Pennsylvania, yo. I'm going to say he goes to Redlands University. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yep. Yep. Like a Cal Maritime. Yo, fuck it. Yeah. He's like, yeah, he's like, yeah, just fuck. Well, is, he, is he a Laverne guy or no? No. No. All right, Redlands. No. Mike, you know what? We forgot Humboldt State. Oh, shit. Well, that's why I said UC... That's why I said Humble UC State. Merced, bro, because like it's way up there as well. Yeah, well, UC Merced's still like close to civilization. Yeah, he's a Humboldt State. Plus, he's not getting into no damn UC school. It's a newer campus. I like. I remember when I was in school, like I had a few friends that were trying to transfer out there, and their whole argument was, yeah, "It's still a, it's still a UC school." And so, I think their argument was that it's it was the easiest UC school to get accepted into. <laughs> Still is. <laughs> yeah, it still is. Yeah. Fifteen years. It's, it's fifteen gonna years later, it still is. Yeah. <laughs> Just holding it down, you know? <laughs> That's funny. Man. All right. Look, yeah. Well, they, they mentioned Cookstown in his uh, him, dude. Andre like, school. You guys are weird. This, like and the whole time, thinking like, like, yeah, that guy Dylan can't get in there. Crime of passion. He yeah, went. Like, yeah, that guy's. Yeah. He's like he, he's more like a continuation high school. Well, he he kidnapped it, him. And, like yeah. I don't support or condone yeah. like that type of violence, but I really wasn't mad at her dad for shooting him because the dude is a straight up dick to to his daughter. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like oh, I kept rewinding that scene. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I was like, good. Like he was a straight up asshole to to her. In what we saw, like now if we were living in that universe, like I'm sure we there found was out to it, and he was so straight up asshole to her even way before so, that. And I here's the thing about Dylan that we haven't talked about that we do got to give like, him some street cred for. No, 
it actually wasn't his kid. Bro, that was some gangster and shit, though. And he still... Yeah, he showed up in his van and said, drive. Yeah, he got in Not the car a good and then, job, like, but still, like, he allowed he his He looks in the rear view, and all of a sudden, he's just sitting there, like, with the gun out. Raising the kid-ish. Yeah. He went full bishop on him, yo. Yeah. Right? Fuck it, yeah. Dylan was fucking, uh, what do you call it, Q in this locker, and then he shuts it, the bishop's right there. All right? Yeah, Scott, what are you... You, you yeah. sitting there capping and acting like Dylan was a decent dude, or what? Yeah. Who would you rather have dinner with, Dylan or Mr. McMiniman? That's what I mean. Like, he felt that was the scene that was saying that he felt Amazon. Absolutely. Food stamps? Food stamps? I watched This Is Us. We throw babies over the balconies all the time. (laughs) This is Sparta! (laughs) No, not even that. I'm saying so Dylan could never even get Because there was that scene where he's in the hospital like, like, and he gets up out of his bed because <laughs> the baby's crying. And I was very nervous that he was going to throw the baby yeah. out the window. And I was like, oh, God. Mm-hmm. But I knew it. I was like, it's HBO. I don't think they would do that. And then the mom walks Amazon in. Amazon would have. No. No. Dylan is the kind of guy yeah. where you I go. Um, you never watch that show, no, though? Dylan's the kind of guy where I would go. Hey, look at that guy. Uh, he looks like he could he could take two drink tickets for me for control over oh, his man. whole life. Scott over here trying to paint Dylan as yeah. not such a bad guy. Yeah. Dylan's the kind of guy if you're like, free, <laughs> if you're like free climbing uh, half dome. I will not whatever, pay gonna, twelve dollars like, more. <laughs> Scott's trying to form an alliance. He's like, Browns fans and Eagles fans need to stick together. Yeah. Yeah. That would be a Browns fan. Dylan's the kind of guy. Plot twist. twist. What if he was a Steelers fan? Would you have that same energy? Dylan's the kind of guy that visits California, complains about the drink prices, and then goes and gets a hotel in like the shitty parts, like Twenty Nine Palms, <laughs> just because the drinks are only two dollars. Dylan's the kind of guy who yeah, who tells like, yeah. His Dylan's the kind of guy that takes pictures of the Cobazon uh, dinosaurs and has them all over his Facebook and does like a full forty uh, forty picture album where some of the pictures are exactly when the he same. Gets to Missouri, he goes, nah, I'm gonna go work for a tiger circus. He's the type of guy that like... would come to he would come to L.A. Complain about how like it's way too expensive, the taxes are way too high, and it's way too liberal, and then move out to yeah, Florida. like exactly, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Dylan's the, Dylan's the kind of guy that, that tells a chick or whatever that they're gonna be going visiting uh, Florida, right? But they go to Jacksonville, and then he tries to tell all his friends that he was in Miami but didn't like it, and chose to go to Jacksonville just because. Duval. All the lighting is blue. Like all the Lockley's lighting is kind of like a dull into, uh, blue. Oklahoma and Jones, like, uh, everything's like a Joey's dull blue. Farm. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah. 
Dylan's the kind of <laughs> Dylan's the kind of guy when April fifteenth rolls around, right? And uh, he's and he's and he's waited way too long to do his fucking taxes, right? And then that kid that he had with, or that kid that he's taking care of, that's from Aaron or whatever, uh, is uh, sitting there like, "Daddy, daddy, 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 my birthday's actually coming up, daddy, daddy, daddy," right? And then he's sitting there with his fucking Rite Aid brand I'm fucking ice cream or whatever, sitting I'm there with a fucking wife beater, right? And then his fucking Puritan from Walmart slacks or whatever, struggling over the fact that he has to pay uh, four hundred dollars. Yeah. What's up? Yeah. All right. And he has a he has a, he has an ice cream st- he has an ice cream stain from the Walgreens ice uh, branded ice cream from two days ago on his fucking wife beater. Right. And he's just sitting there <laughs> digging through the ice cream thing while he looks at the fact that he has to pay fucking four hundred dollars. Right. And he's stressing over the fact that he had three fucking months to work with the little fucking shitty accountant that he got in a fucking strip mall next to a shitty yogurt joint or whatever and next to a fucking Seven <laughs> Eleven. And that person told him that he's going to have to pay $400, right? And then he still hasn't paid it two months later. He's just sitting there pissed off while he's eating fucking ice cream. All right, he might have beat it. Spoon. <laughs> the only spoon he has has fucking old avocado salsa from that one fucking shitty-ass brand or whatever, right? And he tries to pass Dude, that off as fucking guacamole. The kind of guy he makes his kids some fucking nasty-ass tacos with fucking flour civil rights are being violated. And the kids are sitting there, please, 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 daddy, please, please, I really want it. My birthday's coming up. You just stop it, damn it. Your dad has bills to pay. <laughs> Dylan is the type of dude. Mike, you can't beat mine. I just did No, nah, I can beat it. Dylan yeah. is the type of dude that's getting arrested <laughs> all... right now. So basically, this dude for we want him to have murdered. Footage of him being at the insurrection. Him. <laughs> yeah, in January. Yeah, or Dylan... like hunt for sport. Dylan's the kind of <laughs> like, right. Dylan's the kind of guy that released Hulk Hogan's sex tape to a gawker, yo. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, dude. Oh, I mean, I think in general about the show. Dylan, the whole thing about the show. <laughs> what do they call it? The QAnon Shaman. This show is one of many planned shows where you are allowed to watch shows yeah, that bed. make you feel good about life and do things thanks that are everyone awesome. for uh, you're not allowed to go do things thank that you to all the listeners for uh, showing up to the roast life of is cool Dylan Hinchy. awesome yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Dylan's the kind of guy that Dylan's the kind of guy that gets to go to a shows, bar and shares two really different stories about how he stepped in a bear trap of like reminding <laughs> you that staying close to your family about shit's going down or in general. It's really, really important. Before we wrap this up. So it's like a total, like, astroturfing of, uh, of, uh, an Overton window of, like, ideas that, that they're trying to pump show planned. to. That was nothing. Wait, that wasn't a clue. You did that wasn't even a snippet. That was 
that was nothing though. I don't even know what that was. <laughs> That's deep. <laughs> Power getting all philosophical over here. Right, no, blame well, it on my kid. I think that's just about for, for up, growing guys. up. For growing Williams, up you and, give us and taking time of, away from my life. Coming up with How next? dare he? <laughs> dun, 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 dun. We'll see. Wow. Look at this. It's called a snippet, bro. How is that yeah. not a snippet? Well, listen, well, I think people go back and listen. I want to thank everybody for tuning in and I want to shout everybody out for being patient. I know we've been a little absent. Blame it on Georgetown and San Diego State University for having me and Wiggins just side. Human centipede and Bauer. Yeah. Well, Bauer is Bauer. He can the blame human Mickey Mouse. He, he can he, he can blame it on Mickey Mouse. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so basically, y'all, I don't know how to tell you this. We, yeah. like, the three uh, most busy people decided to do a podcast, and then the busiest of them added extra stuff like school and yeah. <laughs> neighborhood council and uh, minister society. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, look, but we are going to be consistent <laughs> yeah. with our shows. Uh, so please check us out next week. And uh, you will. You're going to get us back. And I literally have those glasses and and that hat. Stop listening to that knockoff benches assemble (laughs) podcast or whatever where they don't even talk about cool stuff. Who? Yeah. We don't even even talk about those things. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Their Alexa rankings like 75 trillion. Man. So, yeah. We're going to run into one of these days and it's going to turn into like the Anchorman scene where like the different news channels just. Battle it out. I feel like it's going to be more like the la- one of the, the final two scenes for Boys in the Hood, and we're going to be Ice Cube and Little Chris. All right. Uh, S- Scott's going to be the dude in the red Hyundai because he he literally drives a red Hyundai. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, now that you're squished, you'll get the shotgun, yo. Well, look, everyone. Mike, take us home, son. Listen, man, we've had fun being in East Town, but like Wiggins said, we need to get the fuck out of here because we're not appreciated by Eagles fans. So we're headed back to L.A. Shout out to everybody for tuning in. Tune in next week. Bingers Assemble. We out.